0: Are you a follower of Jesus Christ who's done being quiet? Are you ready to tell the world whose you are, totally, fearlessly, and unapologetically? And are you ready to smash that imaginary wall that supposedly divides your career and faith life? Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast, where we talk about living as a disciple of Christ in the world of work. Before we get to the content we have in store for you today, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Are you a Christian-based organization? Well, so are we, and we're here to serve you. We want to help you with your mission, so please visit ParagonMarketingGroup.com to see how we can help.
1: It is our human
0: nature to want to fix every problem we encounter. This practice not only puts undue pressure on us, it goes against what Christ wants us to do, that being looking to him for answers.
1: Being part of a Nehemiah Group Roundtable is a good step toward getting into the habit of asking for Christ's help when expected or unexpected problems occur in our lives. To learn more about how
0: our organization can change your life, please visit FuelingSales.com and click on the Nehemiah Groups tab. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast. I am your host, the founder of C-Suite for Christ, Paul M. Newberger. It is a blessing to have you here. And boy, Hottie. if you were associated with the uh, big event that we had yesterday, really appreciate you joining us on such a quick turnaround. It was a late night last night, to say the least. But in case you're wondering, what the heck is Newberger talking about? Last night was our annual Covering the World in Christ celebration. It is our annual event for the C-Suite for Christ ministry. And boy, that was one heck of a party. Governor Mike Huckabee was the keynote speaker. Danny Goki was the musical performer. Just a night of praise, worship, fellowship, and in us just making this really bold declaration that we are done being quiet as it pertains to our faith. So very powerful evening to say the least. And and again, if you were there last night, you know what I'm about to say. But if you were not there, then I'm just going to give you a little bit of a uh, new nugget of information, I suppose. But we already announced the information pertaining to next year's event. So if you were there last night and want to experience it again, if you were not there and want to see what all the fuss was about, here's some information that you need to know. So the 2024 event is going to be taking place on Thursday, March 7th of 2024. It's going to be in the same exact place, Washington County Fairgrounds in West Bend, Wisconsin. So if you're in the Wisconsin area, even if you're not in the Wisconsin area, make make plans to join us. Nothing beats in-person fellowship. We'd love to have you. And we also, live stream tickets are available as well. But then we also made mention of who our keynote speaker is going to be for the 2024 event, and it is going to be none other than Mr. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is going to be in the house on Thursday, March 7th. Tickets are on sale now, but they're only going to be on sale for a little while. Now, we're going to hit the pause button and uh, open up the ticket window again in a couple of months. So you don't want to miss this. Heck, it might sell out before we uh, hit the pause button on it. You can get more information on our website, csweetforchrist.com. Boy, howdy, we got a great show lined up for you today. Our guest of honor is going to be Marius Dancia. He is the founder of Empower Linked, very passionate with respect to his faith. He's doing some truly extraordinary things, and we're going to be having a conversation with him coming up later on the program. You are not going to want to miss that. One of the things that I want to do today is again, I'm human, obviously, you're human. And we all go through ups and downs. We all go through seasons. We all go through struggles. And one of the things that I really try to do, and I've used the C Suite for Christ podcast as a platform for this uh, over the course of the past year or so, is I I, I do want to be open about mental health because I I think that there's this unfair stigma associated with mental health. A lot of people have anxiety. A lot of people are depressed. A lot of people are worried. A lot of people suffer from doubt. Some people, yes, are borderline suicidal. Maybe you find yourself in a season like this right now. I don't want you to feel like you got to be quiet about it. I don't want you to feel like you can't share it with anybody. I don't want you to feel like something's wrong with you because a lot of people struggle with these things, myself included. And I had a bit of an episode... About a year and a half ago, and then this is going to kind of springboard into what I want to talk about here. But you know, as I've shared publicly previously, when I was a senior in college, so or not not senior, when I was a junior in college, about two thousand four, I snapped, broke, had a had a bit of a mental breakdown, was suicidal, had to be pulled out of school for a while, and uh, thus started a long recovery, which also allowed me to get really strong into my faith, and off and on for the next couple of years after that. I struggled with anxiety and depression. Now, now, thankfully, I'm in a much better spot, but I am still not immune to some of these issues. And about a year and a half ago, it uh, it really all kind of came to a head. You see, I, I was I'm, I still am to some degree better, but I'm I'm one of these guys that just puts a lot of pressure on himself. So I just want to kind of paint a picture in terms of what I was doing and what my life looked like approximately a year and a half to two years ago. So one, I, I own several companies, as you may know. I'm the founder of the C-Suite for Christ ministry. I also own a sales consultancy business, and I'm an international keynote speaker. I'm very blessed to travel the world giving speeches and performing at sales meetings or whatever the case is. So, so one, I'm, I'm very, very busy with work at this time in my life. Two, we've got three small kids. Now, now anytime you have children, especially small children, that adds to the amount of stuff on your plate also, uh, helping the kids with their homework, obviously playing with the kids, giving them time, doing stuff with them throughout the course of the day, making sure that they're, again, you know, taken care of and, and doing things they need to do for school, for karate, for flight, football, whatever, whatever it is. So just spending a lot of time with the kids. Three, a lot of stuff uh, that needs to be done around the house from the yard work to, you know, cleaning to, you know, straightening up to you know, general house maintenance. Stuff a lot of that needs to go on, so in addition to a lot of work, in addition to taking care of the kids, making sure that they're getting their homework turned in time, that kind of thing, I'm also, you know, doing ongoing regular home maintenance, home improvements, just the stuff that you have to do to maintain your property. Uh, another thing that I would throw to this too is, is I took on myself a number of various errands, appointments, whatever kids need to go to a doctor, I'll take them groceries need to be bought. I'll get that. Yeah, need to go to uh, a various store to pick up something. No problem. I can do that. Well, again, when, when you have a ho- house of five, there's always something that needs to be bought. There's always something that needs to be picked up. There's always something that needs to be done. I, I Although I have a decent sized team in terms of employees for keynote speaking and sales training and the C-Suite for Christ ministry, everybody works remotely. So We don't have like a storefront for any of this stuff, so it's not like we have this office building in southeastern Wisconsin. I can go next door to one of my employees' office, knock on the door, and have them go do something. I am. We've got a few Wisconsin employees, but I'm the only one right here in this area. So if there needs to be a post office run, I do it. A FedEx run, I do it. Office Depot run, I do it. A bank run, I do it. And lastly, just on the social scene too. You know, again, my wife and I are not you know Tom and Giselle before they got divorced but you know we we get invited to parties once in a while we get invited to a friends house once in a while we've got family events and gatherings all of this stuff was going on and i took a leading role in all of it i was the one running three businesses because i needed to make the money for the family i was the one that took personal responsibility for our three children with respect to their homework, because I've got a college degree, a master's degree. Hey, no problem, honey. I'll, I'll help them with the homework. I was the one that volunteered for a lot of house projects call me sexist or whatever, but maybe it was the man thing. You know, I'll take care of that bookshelf. No problem. Hey, yeah, I'll clean up the garage this weekend. I got that. Errands and appointments. Well, don't worry, Tan. You know, if you're my wife, Tanya, if you're going to be volunteering, don't worry. I'll do the grocery shopping today. I'll run those various errands for you. No problem. I got appointments. I got all these other things for work. Hey, well, the, the Checks need to be deposited. The uh, C-Suite for Christ merchandise in the swag store needs to go to the post office. No problem. I I can do that. Parties, events. Hey, yeah, you got all these. You got housework to do. got stuff with the kids. got flag football. No problem. I'd love to go to Uncle so-and-so's party. Not not an issue. One, a lot of stuff on my plate. Two, I had to be the driving force behind it. And three, I kept volunteering and taking on more, 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 more. I can get it done. I can do it. I can get it done. I can see it too. Uh, through to its successful completion. No problem. I will make sure that this happens. Me, 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 me. Now, again, this doesn't mean that I'm egotistical. This doesn't mean that I'm self-centered. In fact, if anything else, I'm trying to help with the kids' homework. I'm trying to help with the house. I'm trying to help with the errands. I'm trying to do the administrative work so somebody else doesn't have to do it. I want to go to the party so people think I'm an involved husband and a wonderful family man. So my intentions were good, but it was all just I'll do it. I'll achieve it. I'll make sure that it's done. I'll handle it. Me, 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 I, 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 I. And guess what happened? For the second time in my life, I cracked. I broke. I'm not going to give you all the details, but it boiled over on an overnight trip that I took. I I was in town at this particular place to give a speech at the nationwide sales conference. It was a two-day speech. First day was fine, but I had a breakdown that evening. No sleep, panic attacks. I I was able to to do my speech the next day. From what I heard, I executed at a high level, but I I just felt like I was bombing it the entire time, thus started a several-month journey to recovery. I was diagnosed with extreme, not just minor, extreme obsessive-compulsive disorder I started to see a therapist on a regular basis. I, I started to take medication for it. The therapist helped, the medication helped, but I had to I had to relearn life. I had to relearn how to do things differently. I had to reprogram myself just to make sure I could function because that was an issue. I, I was so busted, so broken, so in the midst of despair, so hopeless that I thought everything was over. I thought my speaking career was over. I thought C-Suite for Christ was going to be over. I thought my sales training was going to be over. Just for a brief period of time, I thought maybe my life would be over, not to mention my marriage and my relationship with my kids. I was worthless. I was a wreck. I was at the bottom of the barrel. I was a rubber band that was stretched to the extreme until finally I snapped. For the second time in my life, I snapped. So as I started to put things back together, lots of things, and again, Compared to where I was, it's a 180-degree difference. But the thing is, when you have a mental health crisis, when you have a mental health issue, be it anxiety, be it depression, be it OCD, you're never fully cured. There's always the risk of backsliding. There's always the risk of regressing to improper behavior. So every day I wake up, sometimes I wonder, is this the day that I regress? Is this the day that I backslide? So I've, I've had to do a lot of things, namely lifestyle changes. To make sure that I never go back to that dark place. And in addition to the medication, in addition to the therapy, in addition to rebuilding my relationship with Jesus Christ, in addition to surrounding myself with really godly people that can encourage me in fellowship, uh, you know, namely what our ministry is all about, I also had one of the biggest breakthroughs of my life. And that was I started to ask my wife for help. Not so much emotional help, although she gives it, not so much mental help, although she gives it, but just help doing life. Help with my overflowing plate. Help with all the demands on my time. Help with this unbelievable heavy weight on my shoulders. Call it a man thing. Call it a pride thing. Call it a. There's nothing I can't do kind of a thing, but I was putting all of this stuff on my plate, all of this stuff on my shoulders, all of this stuff on my end of the world, and it broke me. So when I asked her for help, things started to turn around. Now, now what did that require before I could really go through with this? Really, really three things. One, I had to humble myself. I'm only a human I bleed red blood. There's only 24 hours in a day. I'm only so talented. I cannot do all of the things that need to be done. I admit it. I'm humbling myself. Again, my wife's name is Tanya. Tanya, can you help me, please? Two, as I just said, I had to ask. After I humbled myself and I came to the realization I cannot do all this on my own, I had to ask her for her assistance. Please help me. I need you. I cannot do this on my own. It would be wonderful if you could help me with this, please. And then three, I had to let go. I can't say, could you help me with all these post office runs and then do the post office runs myself? I couldn't say, could you please do Hudson's homework with him? And then when he gets home from school, take him into his room and start working on his homework. It was a three-step process that really made my life that much easier. One, I had to humble myself come to the realization I can't do it all on my own. Number two, I had to ask her for help. And number three, I had to actually let it go. And then what that did is over time, that led to a much happier, healthier existence, which again is good for my soul, is good for my mental state. But in addition to that, guess what happened? I'm getting more done now. Our family is getting more done now. We're getting more done around the house. I'm making more money. Work is more effective and productive. We're we're able to divide and conquer. It just seems like more stuff is getting done. So not only am I happier, not only am I healthier, not only am I living a higher quality life, we are doing the things we need to do at a higher level faster. Imagine if we could do the same thing with respect to our relationship with God. Imagine if we could do the same thing in our spiritual lives. Imagine if we could move our personal, professional, familial goals further, faster, and execute at a high level if only we allowed God in. And we're called to do this in Scripture. If you look at the good book, Ephesians chapter 3, Verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God is able to do immeasurably more. Look at that word immeasurably. That means you can't measure it. You cannot measure it. Well, does that mean I'm going to have a 5%? Increase in productivity, a 50% increase in productivity, a 6% increase in happiness. No, no, it is gonna be so big. It is gonna be so good. And it is gonna go off the scale so high that you can't measure it. What I like about this too is with God, not only can you do immeasurably more, but it's gonna be more than what? That you could even ask. God, I'm gonna ask you for a billion dollars. Now again, He's not going to grant you a billion dollars. This is just an example. But if you're thinking, wait, a, what is the biggest number in your head? A a billion trillion. Not even close. He's going to do so much more than that you can't even measure it or imagine. I I just imagine myself being the happiest possible version of me, touching so many lives and, and, and being a ray of sunshine in this otherwise dark world. I just imagine myself being extremely uber happy touching lives and having so much joy in my soul, it almost hurts. Well, he's going to do so much more than that. You can't even imagine that. That sounds great just thinking that. But he's going to be able to do so much more for you that it is even off of that scale, according to his power that is at work within us. You see, my story should be a wake-up call for you. Maybe you've experienced what I've experienced. Maybe you're experiencing what I've experienced, or maybe you're about to experience, God forbid, what I went through. And it's not surprising if you're going through that because we live in a very me-centric society. Look at what I built. Look at what I did. Look at what I accomplished. Look at how much money I made. Look at the family that I oversee. Look at the kids that I raised. Look at the grades that my kids got. Look at the promotion that I just got. Look at all the social media followers that I have. I, 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 me, me, me. And according to society, what does society tell us? Well, if you're behind, what? Do more. If you're not making as much money, what? Work harder. If your plans aren't coming to fruition, what? Roll up your sleeves and put a little bit more elbow grease into it. Do more, take on more, achieve more, sign up for more. And it shouldn't be a shocker that we have this busted, broken, exhausted, depressed, obese, nervous, sad society. Because the medication that society is prescribing us is exactly the opposite of what God is asking us to do. I was the, I still am, the founder of C-Suite for Christ, this international ministry. All day, every day, I'm in the Word. All day, every day, I'm building relationships with Christian business executives. All day, every day, I'm sharing the gospel with others. And I still snapped. I still broke. I was a rubber band that, that still got stretched too far. Because despite all of those things, I was not leaning into God for help. I was not reaching out to God for help. And the perfect analogy that I can think of is that relationship between myself and my wife. So once I got to that point, not only did I invite my wife in to help me and what i blessing that has been. I did the same thing with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I follow the same formula, and I would encourage you to do the same thing. First, we need to humble ourselves. God, I can't solve this problem. God, I can't do it all. God, I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not successful enough. God, I don't have the right connections. God, I don't have the plan that's going to get me to where I need to be. In a world full of egomaniacs, in a world full of egotistical individuals, in a world where people think they have to be at the center of attention, YouTube and TikTok and social media and, you know, watching some of these television shows where, well, if I'm going to get to the top, it's going to be based on the things that I do and I achieve. Humbling yourself and having humility is extremely rare, but that is the absolute necessary first step to take before God's going to help you. You just got to get out of your own way. Once you humble yourself and you come to the realization, I can't do this on my own, then you next have to what? Ask. God's there. He's like AAA. All you got to do is call on him and he's right there to help you. But if you don't ask, he can't make you take that step. God, can you please help me figure out what to do about my finances? God, my marriage is falling apart. Can you please come in and sanctify this relationship? God, I'm lost. I'm stressed. I have nowhere to go. Can you please show me the way? Once you humble yourself, once you ask God for guidance, support, assistance, whatever it is, then you have to, three, let go. That doesn't mean forget about it. That doesn't mean ignore it. That doesn't mean never, ever, ever pay attention to it again. But you got to let go of the thing you're asking him to help with. So for instance, if you're a business owner, small business, even just an individual that's had a rough patch from a financial perspective, it's very easy to worry about your finances. If you humble yourself, God, I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm making all the right decisions. I'm not smart enough to figure out a way out of this financial mess. Two, Lord, can you please come in and help me? Can you please give me some guidance? Can you please take this worry off of my shoulders and give me a degree of certainty? Then you have to let go. You have to stop worrying about it. You have to stop trying to come up with a solution. You have to stop trying to be Mr. Fix-It and I'm going to snap my fingers and it's going to be ready to go. Again, that doesn't mean you don't try to save or live on a budget or or, or think about what you can do on your side. Of course, you'd be foolish not to do that, but let go of the worry. Let go of the handlebars. Let go of the obsessions. Let go of the anxiety because how is he going to take that cup from you if you won't let go of said cup? Again, this all flies counter to what society teaches us. But again, society is totally at odds with what God is teaching us. Because if only you will humble yourself and admit that you can't do everything, that you don't have the answers. Two, ask God to come into your life and assist you with whatever you're struggling with. And then three, let it go. What's going to happen is you're going to live a life that is higher quality because now the pressure's off. You don't have to solve every problem. God can help. You're going to be happier because you don't have this weight on your shoulders, because you don't have all these issues that you're dealing with, because you don't have to be Mr. Fix-It all the time. And also, you're going to find that you're going to get lots more done, because God will start providing opportunities. God will start providing solutions. God will start providing a path forward to get out of whatever mess you're in. And if there's a, if there's probably a cynic out there right now that's sneering a little bit with that little smile, shaking his head. Paul, I'm telling you, I'm doing that. I'm still in a mess. Look yourself in the mirror and ask you: Are you doing it well enough? Are you truly, utterly? on your knees, lying prostrate before God, humbling yourself. God, I'm a mess. God, I'm a wreck. God, I don't know what I'm doing. Are you fervently with every fiber in your being asking him to come into your life, or are you just paying lip service? And three, are you letting it go? There's so many people that ask for help, but they don't let go of their fears. Paul, I got the first two boxes checked. I don't know why it isn't happening. Because you're not letting go. Again, if I want my wife to help me out, if I want my wife to assist me and my wife says, Paul, don't worry, I, I, I'll, I'll run to the post office three times a month or three times a week. I'm happy to do that. But then she keeps asking me, Paul, where's the packages? Oh, I did it yesterday. Or she wants to go to the bank three times a week for me to make deposits. Paul, where are the checks? I did it yesterday. Well, I shouldn't be shocked if I'm still tired, stressed, frazzled, not having time because I'm not letting go of it. I'm not giving it to her to do. She's willing, she's able, but I'm not letting go. Yet I still complain. Gosh, I don't have enough time in the day because I'm not letting go of these things. Compared to mental health, compared to physical health, compared to emotional health, nothing as important as spiritual health. And we need to avoid spiritual burnout, spiritual decay, spiritual stagnation, spiritual regression. And a way to do that is to live a life rooted in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Please don't wait to snap like I did. Please don't wait to have to take a one-month sabbatical just because I can't get out of bed in the morning. It shouldn't have to come to that to make sure that you live a higher quality life, to make sure that you get more done, to make sure that your soul is in a good spot, you're happy, you're healthy, you're productive. Listen to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and humble yourself, ask for God's assistance, and then let go. And I think you're going to see very quickly that that was something we should have done a long time ago something that we all should have done a long time ago, especially if you're a Wisconsin business owner is to do an evaluation of your team, to do an evaluation of your organization, to do an evaluation of your business plan. Do I have the right people? Do I have the right plan? Do I have the right partners? And if you're like a number of small to mid-sized Wisconsin businesses? The answer is likely, yeah, I don't. So in order to fix that, you got to reach out to my good friend, member of C-Suite for Christ, Tom Feldhusen. Tom is an executive advisor. I've been a client of Tom's now for several years. And when I was the president of a large insurance organization, Tom was one of the best decisions we ever made. He'll help make sure you got the right players. He'll help. Offer business solutions to drive revenue profitability in company scale by concentrating on your most expensive and subjective assets, which are your people. If you want to reach out to Tom to start this conversation and process, give him a call today at 262-305-2502. Again, that's Tom Feldhusen, Executive Advisor, 262-305-2502. Zero two. We're gonna take a really short break and we're gonna be back with Marius Dancia, the founder of Empower Linked, who's gonna to talk to us a little bit more about making sure that we're giving it to God. Don't go near Well, welcome back, everybody. Getting very excited. We're just uh, about 60 seconds or so away from our guest of honor, Marius Dancia. Very uh, powerful individual with a lot of great thoughts on Christ and eager to have you meet him. But, But speaking about powerful, I mean, there are just some powerful forces at work in society today. And regrettably, these forces are telling us, that we're not tolerant. They're telling us that we're offensive. They're telling us that we have to keep our faith life and our work life plus our social life separate. Now, well, those forces are coming not from the heavenly realm. In fact, they're coming from the secular realm, and we need to push back against this. And one of the ways that we can push back is by joining forces together. We are stronger together. We are better together And I can assure you that we are going to cover the world in Christ together. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about our ministry, go to our website, cSuiteForChrist.com. Become an official member and help us join this movement to cover the world in Christ. One such person who has taken that step and is an official member of C-Suite for Christ is Marius Stancia. He is the founder of Empower Linked. He is very active in our ministry And boy, howdy, he's just one of my favorite people out there. Marius, how are you, brother? Wonderful to have you on the program here today.
1: Thank you so much, Paul, for for having us. And uh, thank you for this opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, I just know that individuals are going to find a tremendous amount of value in what you have to say, and I certainly have from our conversations now over the course of the past several months. So with that being said, Marius, let's get right after it here. We're unpacking, as you know, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that says this, Now all glory to God, who is able, through His mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Marius, specifically, what does Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 mean to you?
1: Well, it means that if we do all that we can to bring glory to God, he is able to, through his mighty power, through the Holy Spirit, that is our work within us, to do way more than we ever imagined, way more than we ever think, way more than we could ever plan for, uh, for our lives. And the more we work for his glory, the more uh, we are able to do things that we never dreamed of.
0: Yeah, and I think that's very true. I mean, just looking at my life, and I know from previous conversations that I've had with you in your life, just by ourselves, we wouldn't have had the personal success. By ourselves, we wouldn't have the professional success, and it's really only because of God's intervention a role in our life that we are where we are today. Well, one of the things Mary said I really love about this verse is I love the fact that it goes against the societal grain. And you know me better than a lot of people. It's if society's telling you to go in one way, boy, Hadi, I want to run in the absolute other direction. And one of the things about society today is we live in a very me-centric world. Society will say, you, Marius, need to work hard. You, Marius, need to solve that problem. You, Marius, need to roll up your sleeves and get it done. You, 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 you. So why is this mindset so detrimental to all of us when it's all about us and not about
1: God? Well, I think that's a good point is the more we work to help others the more we are working to help ourselves. the more we just think about ourselves with a me 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 mentality uh, with a a selfish mentality, the more we remain in just a, a position that we a are not able to have the support of others and B we're not able to help others that when we want to be helped, we would want the same thing from it, and that reminds me of a verse from Hebrews six ten. God is not unjust; He will not forget your work and the love you have shown Him as you have helped His people and continue to help them. God is not unjust, even if some of them might take advantage of your kindness of what you have done. He will uh, give you triplefold more than than what you think you've lost in that situation. God is always uh, looking to to be with people that want to help others because that is his nature. And we are so grateful that he helps us in so many ways that we have no idea about. He protects us in so many ways that we don't have no idea about. He, How many times has he saved us from death that we have no idea about? And uh, the more we are helping others, the more he's going to help us to help others.
0: Yeah, all excellent points, and I really appreciate you bringing that up. One of the things, just to dive a little bit deeper in this, and again, I I, want to be mindful from time to time of this easier said than done mentality. And, and, you know, when I'm I'm talking about a me-centric society that is absolutely positively correct, and we talk about how we should be giving it to God, praying to God, inviting God into the center of our lives, but from time to time, that can be Rather difficult. So, Marius, just to dive a little bit deeper into this theme, I guess this is part of a twofold question. One, why is it so easy? to get caught up into this societal mindset of, I need to solve my problem. I need to work hard. I need to roll up my sleeves. Me, me, me. So first part of this question is why is it so easy to get caught up in that mindset? And then the second part of the question is why is it so hard to get out of it? It's, it's easy to get swept up in that. It's easy to get caught up in that. But once you do, it can be exceptionally difficult to stop that flow of thoughts from going through your brain. So why is it so easy to get caught up into it? And also, why is it so difficult to get out of that mindset once you find yourself there?
1: Well, I think it goes back to, again, to Ephesians 3.20, where we know that uh, it is God's work that works within us. We want to think that we're always in control we want to think that uh, what we have done by our might and our power, and uh, that is just not true. It is a gift from God that we breathe another breath. And uh, we, as a, a sinful nature, we just think about uh, our works and what we can do. But we don't, we don't think too much of what God can do through us. And it's very hard to, when we just... Uh, See others who how how it is uh, just a me 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 mentality or the prosperity gospel I would say as well that it's it's, it's so much about uh, prosperity. It's really about how can I help others and how can God's glory shine to through, through me through us and um, and uh, the way to the why it's so hard to get out of it is because we see everyone else uh, on, on a me, me, me mentality. And our own nature is uh, is all about me. Uh, we, we live in the flesh. We want to gratify the flesh. We want to gratify our, our pride. And, and uh, we don't want to be humble. We want to be prideful and say, look what I have done. Look what I've created. And then we try to catch up to others that uh, look what they've created. And uh, that is just a downward spiral because all of it is from God, including what they have created and what we have created.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And just the fact that we're calling attention to it, hopefully, it alleviates some of the problem. But Marius, yeah, you you struggle with it. I struggle with it. We all struggle with it. And again, Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now, Marius, honestly, this, this verse reminds me a bit of a joke. I'll make it real quick. But a man was in a crowded parking lot at the mall and Christmas time, whatever, but for the life of him, he could not find a space and it was causing him just a lot of anxiety and consternation. So what he did is he prayed like a lot of us do when our backs against the wall. All right, let's pray. So what he did is he, he prayed and he pretty much said something like this, Lord, if you help me find a spot, I'll build a church in your honor. Within a couple of seconds, a parking spot opened up right in front of him. And the man immediately looked to heaven and said, "Uh, "Never mind, God, I, I found one. So, one of the things about this joke is really, it's, it, it wouldn't be, it'd be a little bit more funny if it wasn't so true. But a lot of times we pray for things. A lot of times we ask for things. A lot of times we'll bring things to God. And when they happen, we don't give God the glory we should. Instead, it's ah, never mind, I did it or never mind, I figured it out. How do we start to change our perspective in this regard and start giving God the glory, not us?
1: Yeah, I think of another verse that is uh, 1 Corinthians three nine. For we are both God's workers and we are God's field. You are God's building. Uh, we are on his field. We are on his building. We are on his parking lot. And anything that he opens up to us, we think that we did it when in reality he did it. And it's very hard for us to to give glory to God when, uh, we think that we of our prideful nature has, has, uh, developed it, has created it. But in reality, it is only by his grace and it is only by his mercy and blessings that we do don't really, uh, adhere to. And, uh, we tend to forget, especially when things are going good, uh, when things are going bad, then yes, we, we, uh, we tend to ask God for help, and but then when things are are going good, we we tend to forget who gave everything to us. And then the pride—that's that's the the most important thing here—is the pridefulness. Uh, it's, it's the pride that comes before the fall. It's the pride of how we can uh, change things when in reality only God could change it. So I would totally agree with that, Marius. But again, putting this in the category of
0: easier said than done how do you stay humble and again not one of the things that i and i say this a lot on this uh, on this podcast god is not a gumball machine god is not a genie in a bottle so if 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 a prayer is answered for some person i don't want somebody else to go well why the heck isn't god listening to me that that's not how this process works but i've had it where i've been on my knees where i'm at the bottom of the barrel especially as an entrepreneur cash flow or or success or whatever it is. And I've prayed to God for something to come to fruition. And from time to time it does, but early on, there was a time where I took the credit for that. And and I think as, as time went on and circumstances played out in my life, I was humbled in a variety of ways, but now when I give God the credit, when I give God the glory, it just seems like more things open up for me, be it parking spaces or whatever. So to your point, it's important to stay humble But that can be a difficult thing for us to do. How, Marius, specifically, can we stay humble, especially when things are all going according to plan?
1: Yeah, I think it's a mindset, Paul. I think that uh, you have to continuously remind yourself that uh, you are only here because you have a mission. You are here to fulfill God's mission The more you fulfill your mission, the more uh, humility you should feel because you have that honor to fulfill the mission. And he's given you the resources to fulfill the mission. The more prideful you are, the more you will feel more alienated from God, Um, the more you won't see the actual blessings of God. But it's a mindset. You have to remain in the word. You have to remain prayerful every day. And you have to make sure that uh, when when that pridefulness comes about, uh, that uh, is uh, is uh, is something that you have to make a conscious effort to uh, put away. And I have a a story about that. Uh, While I was teaching at Northeastern in the social work program there, um, everyone knew my position, how I stand with uh, with Christ and uh, how how um I I do want to be as humble as possible and uh one time a student comes in and I was teaching a research course uh where 22 students there and uh, one student comes in and she was having a bad day and everybody knew it everybody knew that she was disturbing and then they all looked at me and they, they're probably thinking okay let's see what Marius does now um <laughs> let's see what how how he reacts now um and uh in my prideful nature I did want to say hey uh, this is my class i have the authority here uh you know you should leave until you calm down and and then come back and to kind of take the authority that that was uh, in me to say hey uh uh my prideful nature could have came out even more but something just told me be humble don't do that don't uh, don't act on on that pridefulness now so i didn't i i we we uh, went on with the lecture it was a great time But the next day she came into class and she said, Marius, I want to apologize in front of the whole class. Now, I've never had a student uh, come and apologize to to the whole class. So uh, I said, that's great. Come on up and and apologize. And uh, she came up and she said, uh, you know, I had a bad day. This is what happened along the way. I'm sorry I acted that way. Uh, And uh, uh, while she was apologizing, I was in back of her and just asking the Holy Spirit and God, God, what should I do next? I've never been in this situation. How can I make this situation even better than what it is so far? Please tell me, use me, and please humble me, and 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 let me know what to do. Then this thought came in my head: uh, Have every single student go uh, and 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 say positive thoughts to to her as uh, after she apologizes. And uh, I said that we had twenty-two students in class said, even if you never spoke in class before, uh, please speak today. So they started one by one and they all showered her with uh, overwhelming encouragement, overwhelming thoughts of 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 loveness and kindness. That uh, research class turned into a spirit led psychotherapy class that then I know that all of those students will remember that for the rest of their lives. The only reason that was possible is for me not to let my pride take over and for me to be humble. And the second reason it was possible is because I listened to the Holy Spirit and asked the Holy Spirit, what can I do next? One is the pridefulness in front of others, and two is the pridefulness in front of the Holy Spirit to think that I know what to do next. Both of those have to do with humility, and both of those have to do with the mighty work of Christ that is in you If you let him do the work and to glorify God, not your pride.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that powerful story. And again, th- th- this is one of the things that society tells us. Well, Mary, as you're sharing the story, where well, you just want to talk about how great of a professor you are, you want to talk about all the wonderful things you did. No, that's not that's not the case at all. What this story shows is because he was in tune with the Holy Spirit, because he was all about humility, and because he went about this process in a totally different way than what society told him. It not only did he did it touch the life of The student who is disruptive, it touched the life of every person in the class. And that's what we're all about here at C-Suite for Christ. That's what we're about as Christians. That's what we're about as the Great Commission. And one other thing I would add as we get ready to uh, start the process of wrapping up here, I really do believe it's true. You are what you're constantly thinking about And, you know, for anybody that's ever experienced this, maybe you need a new car. So you go to the car dealer, you buy a yellow car like, wow, geez, I've never seen a yellow car before. This is a snazzy one. What do you do? You go on the freeway. What do you start seeing everywhere? Yellow cars, because it's front of mind. If you're thinking about humility, if you're praying for humility, if you're trying to live out humility, guess what's going to happen? Opportunities to be humble. And I think this was a prime example of that. Marius, we only got about 60 seconds left. Boy, howdy. Time goes fast when I'm talking to you, brother. So one of the things that I really want is from a guy, and you'll be the first to admit this. You are not perfect. You are a work in progress. You're a busted, broken, sinful guy, just like me. But uh, you're you're putting this stuff into work or, or into reality, your daily life on a regular basis. So let's assume that one of our listeners says, you know what, starting today, I want to do a better job of leaning into God for assistance with my daily struggles, bringing them to him, trusting him, turning the keys over to him. What would you say are two or three things that that listener can start to do immediately to become more proficient in living life, according to Ephesians chapter three, verse 20?
1: That That's a great question. And uh, the first thing is to say, Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for giving me life. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for me. And the next thing is to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, I remember uh, from my birthday on until uh, my next birthday, I made a pact to, to read from Genesis. to Revelation. That was the best time of my life. And uh, that is when God speaks to you. Then to find a prayer time in the morning. And not uh, to have a personal prayer time, but not only a personal prayer, also find a prayer group. A prayer group will keep you accountable, will, will keep you more in line in your prayers. And find a local church and a small group there that, again, will give you the support and will keep you accountable to the word. And find an organization that helps others and that builds uh, uh, God's kingdom like CC for Christ or other organizations that helps others. So again, you could be surrounded by a community of believers because we all need encouragement. We all need support and we all need to know the goodness of God and how he is chasing us down. Yeah. Fantastic advice. And folks, I got to tell you that there is no better
0: commercial for the C-Suite for Christ ministry than a conversation like this. I mean, Marius is is certainly one of our valued members, but we have over 2,200 Christian business executives from all over the world associated with us. If you want to enjoy some intimate fellowship, if you want to enjoy some very valuable prayer time, if you want to be encouraged by other people and be an encourager for other Christian business executives all over the world, it would be a blessing and an honor to have you associated with our ministry. Speaking of blessing and an honor, Marius, always a pleasure to speak with you. I really appreciate you sharing all of your wonderful words of insight with us. Marius Stancia, the founder of Empower Linked, joining us here today. We really appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for sharing your commentary with us. Thank you, Paul, and all glory to God. Amen to that. Don't go away, anybody. We're going to be back here with some closing remarks in just a couple of seconds. Well, as we get ready to say goodbye here on another edition of the C Suite for Christ podcast, just want to say thank you to Marius Dancia, founder of Empower Linked. Just a wonderful person, excellent mentality when it comes to his outlook on life. And this is a guy who is very passionate about his relationship with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Obviously, he takes us into his family. He also takes us into the workplace and his community, and he's somebody that we should respect and try to replicate in that regard. Again, our organization is full of individuals just like Marius. So if you want to enjoy fellowship with individuals like him, if you want to be encouraged by individuals like him, we would strongly encourage you To become an official member of our ministry, just go to our website, csweetforchrist.com. Real quick, what do we learn about here today? Again, in a very me-centric society, it's easy for us to put ourselves at the center. The things that I can do, the things that I can accomplish, the things that I should take on. I need to work harder. I need to find the solution. I need to find the way out. I need to be the person that my family can depend on. And for a short amount of time, that might be okay. But if you build a lifestyle on that, if you just keep taking on, if you keep trying to do more, if you just keep getting busier, you're going to wind up like me, especially the version of me from about 18 months ago, who, like an overstretched rubber band, snapped. And for a couple of days, I thought my career was over. I thought my ability to make money was over. I thought my role as a provider, a husband, and a father was over because I just couldn't function. I was so busted and broken and burnt out from taking on so much, I literally couldn't get out of bed in the morning. So one of the things that I did for that long recovery forward was to take that Ephesians mentality, that Ephesians mentality mindset. As we discussed today, Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, I had to, A, humble myself. I'm not talented enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I need help. B, I asked for help. I came to God in prayer. Lord, I need you in my life. Lord, I need you to help me out here. Lord, I need you to help me find a solution. And then once I did that, I let go. And it's my prayer that if you've ever experienced anything like this, if you're in a season like it now, or God forbid, you're about to enter a season like this, don't let it get the best of you because we have a God that loves us, that is here to be of service to us and that is here to guide us, but he can't do any of that if you keep taking on more and more and more, give it to him, ask him for your assistance, and then let it go and watch what he's able to do as a result. Again, we'd love to have you become a part of our ministry. Go to our website, csweetforchrist.com. And while you're there, take a gander at the information pertaining to the 2024 Covering the World in Christ Celebration, our keynote speaker is going to be none other than Mr. Tim Tebow. So, boy, these tickets are going to go fast. What a blessing it is to have him serve our ministry in this capacity, and we'd love to have you join us. Go to our website, csweetforchrist.com. I'm Paul M. Newberger, the founder of C-Suite for Christ. I love you. Thank you so much for blessing us with your time, and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you for joining us on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. People everywhere are thirsting for Christ. Our goal is to cover the world in Christ using hope, encouragement, and God's nourishing words. We hope you'll join us. Please visit csuiteforchrist.com and come back soon for more conversations centered around God's endless love for us all. I saw
1: you in my dreams before I came here. I will keep you in my dreams. You're like one of a kind And my eyes light up when I think about you I won't forget you
0: Life goes on and on and on